Hi, and welcome to Non-Fungible Queens, a podcast for the queens and the in-betweens. I'm Huddle Hill. I'm Kay Duck. Welcome back to another episode. We're so excited tonight. Um, You know, we've been trying to catch up for a few weeks, but we're finally able to get her on. We're sitting down with Katie Chinakis. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and connect. What a great time to be alive. It's so exciting. Yes. Absolutely. I know, yeah, and and I'm super pumped because, you know, so many things happening in the space lately, so I know we're going to have so much to chat about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Let me just get my notebook ready over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't think you really need notes for this. We usually just like to start out a little bit about your background and yourself, so. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Tell us your life story. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, blah. <laughs> Beep, wake up, just kidding. Okay, so yeah, so basically, um, I my birthday's eleven eleven. Um, oh I'm, no way! Make a yeah, wish. Exactly. Seriously, it's like I I did a post a few weeks ago. I'm like, I am the mother effing wish, y'all. I'm like, <laughs> keep wishing two times a day. I am the wish, but that's how blessed I am, and that's how blessed we are. You know, like to be breathing and to be living. I'm just like really inspired and really passionate. I grew up um, in the Greek Orthodox tradition, so a lot of culture, a lot of poetry, a lot of, um, you know, the the Stoics and the Epicureans, so, uh, you know, Plato, Socrates, and this is what I grew up around because I was very, um, you know, independent in such a way because my family came from the old country, and then my parents were kids, you know, having kids for the American dream, and... uh, And, um, you know, they would be out working like, you know, nine to five and we'd be going to school with our brown paper bags for lunch. And after school, I ran cross country. So what we do as an individual affects the whole. So I learned about community and being a team player, but also like what I did as an individual affected, you know, my team. So I took that into my workplace. I took that into life and, um, I was able to, after practice, have a lot of time alone. So I would be reading literature and I just love language. And I went on this journey of like each word is its own universe. And so I like to think of myself like Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S, this mystic intuitive actually from Chicago, uh, a wordsmith, you know, and I just, she's like, I, you know, I would go to sleep like reading the dictionary and I would be like that too, like listening to Beethoven and Mozart and just listening to the sound of the vibration of lyrics and words and, you know, the Motown classics like My Girl and Melodies and Harmonies. And so this gave me, um, you know, an endowed system of the arts and culture. And and um, it really like filled me up in such a way in the arts. And I was, you know, raised very independent. So I went after my dreams. And since I was a cross-country runner and being Greek, Uh, My favorite brand, obviously, was Nike, Nikki, to win, victorious people, (laughs) just do it. And so that was one of my mottos when I was a kid, the the orange swoosh, just do it. And and so I just, you know, been in Hollywood for over two decades now and working in every aspect of entertainment you can think about and just really, um, you know, being a positive, um, you know, person the best way that I could with the you know, like success through a positive mental attitude with Napoleon Hill. And I, I did that and I paid it forward. And I, I put on my girl, my, my, I don't say my, my big girl pants or, you know, my cute little dress, whatever. And, you know, I really wanted to make something out of myself in a world of 
hearing about the riots when I was a child and like, like, you know, not watching certain things on the news because there was like, you know, people in Detroit, like murdering each other and there was homes being burnt and, you know, people being frustrated and upset. And I was very sensitive to all of it. And then I, then I grew up like, you know, hearing about like the riots with my mom and dad and when they were in Detroit and I don't know what that meant. And until like I, you know, fast forward and saw the riots of 2020 and, and then, you know, being a young adult and then seeing, um, you know, Detroit by Catherine Bigelow, the film um, at the D- Directors Guild on Sunset in, in Santa Ma- in, on uh, in West Hollywood on um, Sunset Boulevard. And so, like, I was like, oh, OK, like putting all these pieces together and being like, you know, yeah, OK, I've been happy go lucky being all positive And I choose the positive, you know, like a lot of the stand up comedians, you know, they say, you know, are very intelligent and and they like to make other people laugh, the comedians, because they know what it's like to feel torture and pain and they want others to feel happy. So I went out into the world kind of like hiding my sufferings and hiding certain things about myself because I wanted to, you know, put on a happy face. And then I was in this fantasy and illusion. A lot of my writings, my poetry and my music videos and my work and my attitude goes to that place. But, you know, through the journey of 2020 up until now, I've been able to really find harmony in a, in a balance of showing sorrow and, you know, through my language of my voice and communicating with humans without thinking I'm playing a victim or saying poor me, but being able to be real and human and vulnerable to express and have the courage to share my voice of who I am and what I'm growing through instead of putting it in a vault and saving it until like my grandkids read it one day. So it's kind of like a nutshell and a journey a, a bit about me. Yeah, I love it. I love the term you just used, growing through. Um, I yeah. think that's that that's something that is so it's it's not a perspective that a lot of people can see or take. I mean, I know even myself, it, it's hard to see the good in the struggle. Yeah. One thousand. Yeah. So in your work in Hollywood you know, what, what would you say is the most fulfilling part for you? Wow. Oh, wow. That, wow. That could, what is the most fulfilling part for me? I mean, that could go in so many directions. I guess where I am now, there's so many things I could say, but I guess where I am now is, um, you know, the being a sovereign being and, and being a go-getter and traveling the world and, um, you know, producing and directing, uh, you know, my spoken word music videos that were like little short films. Um, I was doing that, you know, in, in 2007, that's when I started up until 2012, when all the actors, Jonah Hill and a bunch of other actors were coming to, uh, the union and saying, Hey, like with technology, pick up your phone and go out there and do it. And they were encouraging us actors to go out there and shoot our own content. And, um, and I did. I took action and I, um, I, I did that. And so I started producing, uh, you know, short films, red egg, uh, hashtag selfie. I put them into the film festival circuit. Um, I did a comedy web series during the pandemic. So I have over 45, um, pieces of material where I own the IP because, you know, for the last decade plus I've been creating this content. And so now, like I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know web three, but now I can shift and pivot and put it all on the web three platforms. And I did, I released, um, you know, couples therapy 
during NFT NYC with Rad NFT TV. It was their launch, and they la- launched my web, web series season one. Um, you know, to stream in four point five million homes, and we can tokenize it, and you know, have NFTs and like things that people would buy at the movie theaters and things of that nature. Of hey, here's the content. You don't have to pay to go see a movie. You don't have to pay to see the content. Um, but you can support if you want to, and if you can't support in a way with funds, you know, with currency, you can, you know, post and share and tell your friends about it. And so they can see it. And so we want to like be a part of the community to share projects. And, um, you know, I released the first actor headshot on the blockchain. So I foresee, you know, in the next five years, um, you know, maybe at the soonest, but, uh, more actors having their actor headshot on the blockchain. And then when you're watching, you know, um, projects how you do now you're when you go to like imdb or you go to like youtube or you go to like you know the preview to see like who's the actor i feel like people will be doing that um on the blockchain and then supporting the actor that they want to support through an nft um and then being able to stream the content and share with friends so i'm really proud about you know the choices you know in hollywood of you know hollywood is amazing because there's the story of Hollywood. And I was a kid going to Barnes and Nobles, reading about old Hollywood and, you know, like the cinematographers, the directors, the writers, and just, you know, the scene and the glam and like, you know, um, Frank Sinatra and Charlie Chaplin and, you know, like old Hollywood is was in Santa Barbara, you know, before it actually went down to LA. And I just love history and I love research. And, and then I see where it was when I started at the end of 2001 and then how, and I went through the era of reality TV, like being a joke and then being a thing. And then, and then, and then having like its own category, like at the Emmys, you know? And then, so it's really cool. And then seeing the evolution of black and white headshots and then color headshots. And then like, you know, your agent submitting you with like the couriers and going around to, you know, on bikes to pick up, um, the headshots and the submissions had to be in and, and there was a cutoff. So then they could take it over to Warner brothers and then to the studios. And I was there for it all. And then that was before Uber came and before they were like, you know, shipping it with like, you know, you know, the, the couriers with, um, FedEx or whatever couriers, the na- names they use. And, and then, and then going to making your own content and now being able to pivot it into the ecosystem of web three. So it's, it's pretty prolific of, you know, Hollywood. It doesn't matter like who, you know, and who knows you. Yeah. It's cool who, you know, it's cool who knows you, but also the cool thing is, and there are people who can help. There are people who can help you and who people do help you. And then there's people who, you know, come and, you know, they do things like, you know, manipulate themselves and manipulate other people to get a role and, you know, there's a whole me too and people having sex and there's like all of that that happens. And, but then there's like all the illusion of what people see on TV. And, and then there's like the craft of acting, of course. And, you know, the, the systems that are in place that work, like when I get an audition, it goes through the channels and there's a reason for all that, but to witness, to be a part of it and to be who I am in the world as a single being and like, a, you know, of Greek origin with this passion and love for music and poetry and comedy and drama and, and all this, all these wonderful glitz and glams that I saw on the award shows growing up with my mom when I was a kid and 
watching all the, you know, classic movies and then going there, knowing one person, but that one person I didn't even know. And they, and that's all you need is like one contact who can lead you to another. And then you go on this rabbit hole and then it's about the, the quality of the choices one makes that leads us to where our ultimate destinies are in this life. And, you know, the ecosystem of Web3 is that as well. And I'm so happy about the community and supporting, but it's still being an artist and being a sovereign being. So the cool thing about Hollywood, it doesn't matter if like, you know, I've done this and this and all these accolades and stuff. Everyone has their own baseline. Everyone has their own bed they get to get up out of and that they get to make no matter who you know. Someone can get you so many opportunities, but you need to walk through those doors. And there may be friends of yours who can give you opportunities but not in the way that you want. Maybe they can support you in the way that they can support you. And there's something about honoring boundaries and respecting the like, the the ecosystem and like the beast and the overall like synergy of Hollywood. And it's ever changing. And it's just, it's really magnificent and it's really beautiful. And it's great not to have so many expectations of other people so we don't fall short and get upset. And I feel uh, a lot of people, including myself, have done that. And, and it's not what they think it is. And it's this illusion and fantasy, but it's, it's beautiful because we can create anything we want to create in Hollywood, like a blank canvas. So it's, it's really magnificent Hollywood. And, um, I want to say like, you know, like I'm, I'm really going for it in a whole new way. And I've already quote unquote made it in Hollywood, you know, like, and like, you don't even need to be in Hollywood to do self tapes and to audition for voiceovers and projects. Now you can be anywhere in the world, Bali, Australia, like literally you can be anywhere. And then you just get on a plane to sh go to where you need to be. But that's the beauty of technology and where the business has come to. But it's really cool because, you know, like I'm showing up for myself in a whole new way. And when you dismantle what was you're able to have a lot more space for what could be. 100%. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the beauty of the space is that this space is, is unlocking so much, so many things for people that they didn't even know they had in them. Uh, you know, like just, just seeing the developments in the space daily. It's really been awesome to see. So, you know, I kind of want to know how, how you first got involved in this space and how, how you discovered Web3. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, my friend, uh, David Christopher Lee is a photographer. He's so sweet. He's so, so, so sweet. He has a birthday coming up, actually, July 20th um, in L.A. It's Grecian themed, which is so fun. Shout um, out to David. Yeah, shout out to David. Um, so in 2018, I, you know, it was a social butterfly in all these different scenes. And I, I grew up in the Detroit culture going to um, rave parties and, you know, Bad Boy Bill, shout out from Chicago, best house DJ in the world. Uh, love Bad Boy Bill. Um, he's so cool. So um, I just like had this love for music, like Motown, oldies, EDM music. And I went to DJ music school in LA for a year and um, my friend David was like, oh, like we're having this art event and um, do you want a DJ? So I'm like, okay, cool. And if you have the luxury as a DJ to go the day before to do a sound check, awesome. <laughs> and so I did. And there were all these artists setting up installations and sculptures. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? And they're like, oh, you're a physical artist as well. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, yeah, show your art. So not only did I DJ the event, but 
I um, hung up seven of my physical art pieces to sell them as NFTs with other NFT artists in 2018. And I was DJing this rooftop party downtown LA um, for the 1111 fun. And my birthday is 1111 that I mentioned. And it was for the 1111 fun. And so that was my welcoming into Web3 where it was like funds, raising funds for the blockchain. It was like, there was like a sushi chef there. It was uh, my NFT artist. My art was up. I was DJing. Like it was magnificent. And then I was invited to um, all these different like house parties in Hollywood Hills. I was asked to like curate influencer dinners in West Hollywood. Um, I was like flown to New York. I was hosting dinners um, at the Baccarat and for all these different blockchain funds. And one was like, one was like gear foundation and it was all about like being sustainable and, uh, and for the environment. And I was like a kid in a candy store, like, Oh, like which fun do I like this fun from Korea? Do I like this fun? Do I like this fun with the sports and the gaming? You know, there were all these different sports and it was insane in 2018. Um, but I was just invited and I, I'm a yes person. So I was just saying yes. And I was showing up to all these different events and like inviting people and just kind of like in the buzz of it all. So it was, it was very exciting and very welcoming. That's amazing. You were early, early. I mean, most of us have been in about a year at this point, but that's, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a psychology, you know, cause it, it just like hit and it was just like, all oh, it was like a whirlwind. And then like, and then I like traveled to Europe. Um, and then, um, yeah, like, you know, nature took its course. And then I ended up, uh, releasing the very first love poem on the blockchain that's coupled with, uh, a, a Polaroid, the original Polaroid that was discontinued in 2001. Um, that I did with my friend, um, a great photographer, international um, artist, uh, Robert Sturman. And um, we released it in March, the beginning of 2021 or 2020. What was it? 2020. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what was it? 2021. Um, it's just, it's like a whole year pass, right? It's like, yeah. it's like what happened to that leap year, that whole year. But um, a yeah, pandemic. I was, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I was in the I was in Clubhouse in you know December, um, twenty twenty, and I was just in it, and um, you know I was there for it all. So I was really excited to be a part of all of it, and just listening and learning and growing. Where do you get all your energy? Because I feel like you and I are both like a little bit uh, older than the typical NFT collector. Really? And I don't have that much energy. Let me tell oh. you. Oh. No, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but um, there are a lot of people who are like way older than me in this space. There are yeah. some really cool. Yeah, a lot of I feel like a lot of the people actually um, like all have families. So like, you know, like a lot of them, they're just like, all, it's amazing because they're all about the art. They're cool in the community, but they go home to their families and they have kids, you know, and I don't have kids yet. So I'm just like, um, but to answer your question, um. I get it from the infinite source and we're, we're all, we all have access in to it. It's just, if we choose to align to it or not, most of us block ourselves from it and don't know we're able to access those things. Um, but I know how to in tune and channel it because I did it. We all had it at a very young age and then, and then somehow it gets taken from us. We get brainwashed and distracted from that, that infinite source. But I was able to always, um, hold on to it. Cause I, when I was 12, I um, listened, right? And I was connected to that 
to ancient wisdom and I was connected to what we're all connected to. But sometimes we don't have the faith and the courage to listen to our own selves from all the noise of the TV and the distractions from, you know, societal quote unquote norms and what our parents and grandparents and, you know, communities teach us. But I knew at 12, it was special. And I knew that I had to like keep the fire going. And I know if I didn't, because I was very sensitive and I saw what was around me and I felt, I knew if I didn't, that mine would be put out like others were out. And I didn't want to, I wanted to preserve that and hold on to it. So I made a commitment to myself never to let go of it, no matter what. And I haven't, and I didn't. And I also felt when I was 12, very isolated and I was thirst, thirsty for knowledge and for information. And, um, and so that's the reason why I have my popular podcast titled She's All Over the Place, which is an NFT podcast. Um, I actually turn them into NFTs. But um, I wanted to pay it forward so I could share, you know, now it's two decades of my journey in life in Hollywood, but traveling the world. Not that it's right or wrong, just that, hey, these are my experiences and what it took me 10 years, if it can take you 10 days or 10 minutes, great. So it's about paying it forward and just holding space to say, hey, this is where I messed up. This is where I had success. This is what I did. This is what I didn't do. It's like Madonna did what Madonna did. Oprah did what she did, right? Everyone's done what they've done. Like, I can't do what they did because we're not in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s anymore. Like, it's evolution. Things change. Like, I can't do what they did, but I can do brushstrokes of their inspiration. And if I can be brushstrokes of inspiration for others, it's exactly why I started my podcast. And that's exactly why I won't stop talking because I know there are people out there who are yearning how I was yearning to know to be connected. That's why I'm so grateful for you both. And podcasters, they're angels. We demystify what was and we're able to bridge connection for free for people if they're just willing to listen. If they're interested and willing to listen, they could learn something. And even if it's not the thing, it could shape shift them and inspire them to be what it is for them and attune them to what it is for them. So if we listen to ourselves more and not to what other people want, I guess, In a nutshell, the other thing I would want to say if I was like in a coaching session with you would be this. If you, since you're directly asking for you specifically, is that okay if I point it at you specifically? Yeah, yeah. If you wanted more energy for yourself, I would say eliminate TV for 60 days. I would say eliminate social media for 60 days. I would say listen to the science of getting rich every single day for 30 days on YouTube for free by Wallace D. Waddles. I would say um, stop asking other people what you should do and listening to what other people want you to do and do what you want to do. I would then say write down what you want to do. And then I would say write down what you don't want to do and then circle what you think you have to do and then break that up. So their sacrifice of what we don't want to do that we do because we want to, there's something within us, but there's things that we do because we think we have to do them. But really, for example, like the worst case scenario, or you might want to give a scenario of something that you think you have to do. But then when you realize, actually, you think you have to do it, but you don't 100% have to do it. You could maybe 75% do it or 75 percent do it and someone else in your family or you could outsource for someone else to do the part that you don't want to do because actually the pressure that you're putting on yourself is weighing you down it's making you deplete your energy because you're not empowering yourself 
You're not empowering self to be your authentic self, to replenish and renew your own energy. So you're depleting yourself because you're not honoring yourself and you're going against what you don't want to do. You're going against you're going against yourself. You don't want to do something. We're hooked into these things that we think we have to do. But actually, the another slice of life is this. If it's me meeting up with someone for like an hour a week, but actually I don't want to see them for an hour a week. And then I don't tell them like, I don't want to see you for an hour a week. I actually just, you don't tell the person because they're going to get upset because we all just want love. They're going to feel rejected. So the best thing you could just do is move with your action. And so like for me, if I'm seeing someone one hour a week and I don't want to see them, I make the choice like I'm only going to see them for 30 minutes after be like, oh, I got a work call. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to go. I'll see you later. And that becomes a habit and you start. So then that's one month of uh, taking two hours of your time back. So then you can focus on what actually you want to focus on. It's energy. It's energy you're putting out and you're that's to the floor that's weighing us down because that energy could be lifted high into other places, but we need to be aware of how we're tuning our energy. The other thing that's really important is this. You're actually helping. You think you're 100% having to do this thing for that person in this scenario, but you're actually being in disservice, not only for yourself, but for them, because you're putting out bad energy and you're thinking you have to be around them but you're, you're clogging up their energy. So if you actually free up that space, you're taking power back for who you are and what you want, but then you're actually freeing up their lives for them to attune and actually be around people who want to be around them as well. And if, 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 if no one wants to be around them, that's not your problem. <laughs> you know, we're not responsible for, you know, we're responsible for what we say. We're not responsible for how others receive it. But really, you're unhooking because you're just giving them two hours um, of your month that isn't your best energy. So you're doing a disservice. So if you unhook from that and you allow that space for them to align and they will, you know, they misery loves company. People will find what they're attuned to. Like we're not we take on so much responsibility because we think we have to. So I know it's a long winded answer, but I really wanted to support in that way. I hope it did. Some good, some good points in there about where we put our energy, right? So, yeah, I think Kadek and I right now are really putting a lot into the Web three space, and so we need to take that energy away from whatever else we're doing. Yeah, it's it's good realigning where we need to be, right? Exactly. I'll I'll, I'll show you this. The, there's this quote: um, "Energy is the currency of the universe." So um, it's by Emily Marotin, M-A-R-O-U-T-I-A-N. I don't know if you want to look it up or I can look it up and we can read it. But it's about like where, where, we, where we pay attention to. When we're paying attention, that's the energy. It's the number one currency. Energy, more than money. We only can focus on one thing at a time. Normally, you know, I, I said thank you when we started. But when I do my podcast, I always thank the people in the beginning and the end because whether they're listening live or later, because we can be anywhere. In the moment of being in my home, I could be doing so many other things, but I choose to be right here. And we can only focus on one thing at a time. It's an energy. Where attention goes, energy flows. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I know, um, you know, we talk so much about like manifesting, like, and you know, sometimes it's just like, it's like a joke, like, Oh, I'm, I'm manifesting this win for you. But like, 
it is like so true like you 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 reap what you sow like your manifestations like it's a real thing yeah so reaping what you sow so it's so hilarious because like i was a go 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 and then in 2020 when i started like being on all these podcasts and people were asking me these questions i was just like Oh, wow. Because it's like sometimes there are stories I knew about and I was hoarding on them, but I never like shared them with people. And it was like now I'm discovering, oh, like enjoy the fruits of your labor, like reap what you sow, like literally like so this time full circle, like if we don't stop to honor ourselves, who's going to do it? Right. So it's like you there's a season to sow the seeds. You know, I have a garden. There's a, I do a rake every three months and web three, it's probably every month. You sow seeds, you sow seeds every month, every three months, you do a rake, you do a rake, you just rake away the duds, not personal. It's data. It's duds. You learn from it. Then you see what's nourishing, what's, what's flourishing and you water it, you nurture it. Oh, that was beautiful. They had me on their podcast. I'm going to give them a retweet. I'm going to bring them guests. Like we, we sowed a seed. We got some kinship going. We're going to meet IRL. Like maybe do a project together. Maybe do some Twitter spaces together. And it's energy, right? Building upon energy and intention. Keep sowing the seeds. Keep sowing the seeds. Then a year later, you look at your garden. It's like, wow, look at these beautiful seeds that I sowed. But it has to be reciprocated. In 2020, when I was in the pandemic and I did the web series, Couple Therapy, um, I was putting it all out there. I was putting it all out there. But I'm like, how do I have the trains leave the train station, but have it be reciprocated and it come back? So I don't feel like I'm just outpouring all the time. So I'm feeling fulfilled too, not only fulfilling my cup, but being fulfilled by, you know, the communities and the people and, and the communication with people. Right. So it's not just one sided. I want to feel that love, what, that, what I put out, it's because I'm so fueled up from how I feel I over poured out. But of course we want kinship. We want friendship. Like, you know, we want the community, we want the, the language to be reciprocated, you know? So it's, it's really important to check in, like, where am I putting all my energy? Cause I'm obsessed and I'm totally about this and that's cool. But is there an expectation on that? Am I putting something out and I'm wanting something in return? Yeah. But am, yeah, but am I being clear about that intention? Like reaching out to the company or the person and saying, Hey, like, I love your vibe. I'm a big fan. Like I'm a follower. Like I want to be friends with you. Cool. Also like, you know, I'm a collector or, um, you know, I want to do a project with you, like communicate, like there's so much happening. People don't know what's going on in our minds. And I think we're living in so much delusion of what's in our minds and we're not actually communicating what we want with that energy for it to like turn into fat matter, right? It's just a thought that turns into form that turns into matter, but it doesn't turn into matter unless we communicate that with people. It's important to communicate and it's better to communicate what we want because if it's a yeah, if it's a yes, great. But if it's a no, that's great too. Because then we bulldoze past the illusion in our mind of what's keeping us uh, ruminating, stuck. So, you know, then, but what people don't do is have the courage to say what they want because of the rejection and, you know, and intimidation and, and not being communicative. But it's important to communicate, to hack, to hack it. How long have I been thinking about this person? How long have I been a fan? Like how many days, hours, weeks, months, years have I been like thinking about this person? And are we in action here or inaction? You know what I mean? Like, in, like which one? What's going on here? So um, 
it's important to check in with self and communicate that like, you know, you two are partners, which is great. You know, uh, I have a solo podcast, so I don't have a, a partner doing the podcast with me. But you know, it's great to like communicate with friends and people that you trust certain things. And then you know, write it down and, and hold yourself accountable, like give yourself a week, here are my week, here are my monthly, here are my three months. Okay, so I'm really, I'm really digging this artist and this project. I'm gonna put all my energy out there for three months. And then I'm going to check in to see if it's reciprocated. If I'm not getting any love and it's not reciprocated, it's just some kind of fantasy and illusion going on with oneself, which is fine if you want to keep it there and write a poem about it or write a song about it or make some art. You know what I mean? But if there's actually going to be a connection, we need to learn to communicate better. And I say this because it's a practice for myself and for everyone. I definitely agree. And, you know, I think the ways of communicating it's it's evolving every day and we're learning that you know being in this space that, that there's no right or wrong it's it's really like we get to write the rules and that, that's what's so cool about it yeah yeah we can write rules and we can bend them and we can shake them and we can change them you know and you know we can have a baseline that's why i really respect and admire you know x amount of people that i've been um you know friends with in the space and looking up to in the space. So, you know, um, they, they bring the ecosystem, the heart of the ecosystem to like, that's the baseline. And so the people who are doing the pump and dumps and the rug pulls and who are coming and going, and it's like, they're la we're, I don't say we're laughing at them. And you know, they're, the people are laughing because there's the heart of the community. When you have the roots in the heart, that's, that's what it is. And you either attune and you, you align to it or you don't, or you learn to, if you, if it's something you want to be a part of, you know, cause, um, it's not, I don't want to say it's not traditionally the way we were taught because I feel like we're primal beings and we all come in with unconditional love and kindness, wanting to help each other and gatekeeping and being, um, self-absorbed and not sharing and thinking, um, you know, everything is limited. Like there's not enough for everyone. Those are all taught. That's all taught. So, in web three, it's just going back to homeostasis and going back to, you know, the original form of being abundant, manifesting and giving, but with tools too, you know? Um, so, so that's what's really, it's exciting about web three culture for me. It's like, that's how I've been my whole entire life. And especially with cross country running, like, you know, like having the, the team sport and the community and like giving and sharing, um, you know, it's really important, um, for us to do that. Um, yeah. So for me to onboard and to educate and share, you know, my experiences with people as much as possible is so important. It's so important for us to keep speaking. And, you know, I I'm in some room sometime, even, even here at NFT NYC, there are a couple of people who like came to like some things and then some people like will hear my voice. And I've seen it not only with myself, but with other people there, it, this is what happens. It's like someone will stay and they'll want to listen or they'll like leave or they'll have to go to the bathroom or they'll get on their phone because they're not attuned and they want to, they're at a different vibrational level and that's okay. Everyone's at different levels as long as we don't take it personal, you know, but someone may see you and you're doing what you're doing and we get to keep on doing what we're doing as long as we check in and we, that's what we want to be doing you know, and then communicating to always like improve, you know, day to day, hour to hour, moment by moment. But 
there are going to be people who come around and they're not going to get you. And that's okay. And that's totally fine. And like I said, I think it's better to like show up and say what you want and, and then let the, let it disperse. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, that didn't turn out how I wanted it to. Yeah. My fantasy, the illusion didn't turn out how I wanted it to because I was actually speaking truth and that person left. It means they got out of the way to create space for more of what's supposed, for more of what I'm supposed to attune to. Right. So people look at it as rejection and a bad thing or it like bruises their self-esteem or whatever, but actually it's the best gift at all. It's the best gift of all. So it's like if we attune and we're like, oh, we feel that feeling, that intuitive hit of rejection or they don't like me, they don't want to play with me, you know, okay, okay, cool. But look, I have this whole sandbox and it's ready for everyone to step in. So um, yeah, so I kind of went all over the place on those topics. <laughs> no, I, I I like what you said, Um, your point about uh you know just sharing your story in the platform like that's the whole point of why we wanted to start this podcast we wanted to have all different kinds of people on and show that there's really there's really a space for everyone here there, there's room for everyone you know there's there's a part and a role that that you're meant to play in and really we just want to showcase the the amazing diversity in this space and you know hopefully along the way we'll, we'll get some somebody that maybe maybe they were a little weary about the space, but then they decided to jump in. So yeah, I, I love that people are so willing to come on here and, you know, just share about themselves with us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 1000%. You know, in, in my heart and soul, I just feel like I have to do some shout outs like Gabe Weiss, shout out Eddie Gangland, Jimena Bunavita, um, Sketch Poetic, you know, Sheila Darcy, um, Nama, Ash Cooper Kearns, um, they're all doing amazing things in the space. Artists, um, you know, We Dream just launched Soho Technique at NFT NYC. I helped curate, you know, over 200 artists um, internationally to display and sell their NFTs with Taylor Stars. She's amazing, um, you know. And, um, you know, P Peter Caffey invited me. We were all at VCon together. Like, I'm in, like, group chats and, like, telegrams with, like, 30, 40 people. Like, so many different group chats and stuff. And everyone's just looking out for each other. Like, I wanted to find out, like, rare NFTs. I'm like, yo. Like, I knew what I knew, like, a couple. I'm like, yo, like, do you know, like, a good place I can find, like, rare? And I knew I heard about, like, um, um, what's it called? Something Sniper. Hold on. Something. Rarity Sniper. Yeah, Rarity Sniper. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, it's like I knew it, but like I forgot. And my friend like wrote Gifted from Nifty Castle. They have uh, DBs NFT project DBs uh, with GGF. Um, yeah, he's just like yeah, Rarity Sniper. I'm like okay, cool, thanks. You know, shout out to Wonks. Uh, their team's amazing. Um, yeah, it's just it. There's so many cool communities and and people in the space and. You know, if you ever uh, definitely need people to chat with, I definitely have uh, uh, I actually have a, a Web3 um, resource list when people sign up on my website, chinakas.com. I have an automation that sends people um, a list of Web3 resources, NFT resources, like do your own research. But so it's like because people are like, where do I start? Who do I listen to? And it's like the people on this list are people like who I respect and admire. So who aren't going to like do a Very cash, cool. who aren't going to do like a cash grab kind of thing. And it's like, you learn, learn from these people, but yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, oh, a shout out to Rad NFT TV. They launched during um, on the 21st, the first day of summer. We had the launch for Rad NFT TV. I'm onboarding a lot of people, um, you know, to have their own channels, uh, you know, podcasters, uh, comedians, um, you know, everyone who's a creator can have their own channel and have it on the Rad platform and they're in 4.5 million homes already. And you can like tokenize it. Um, you can have an NFT and have it be a way for them to like participate, to be a part of the community. So um, I release, I have a collection, the first actor headshot on the blockchain. And so I have about 18 other ones in this collection that I'm going to release. But, you know, I gifted them to some people in the community who I respect and admire. And, you know, if people want to support, you know, watching couples therapy, they can purchase the the first actor headshot um nft and then i'm gonna release more um headshots and then onboard other people for them to put their headshots on the blockchain and show them it's about switching the psychology right it's like right now if you want to watch something on youtube you go to youtube so it's just changing the psychology and how we experience what we already experience and why reason why right because it's transparent because you're not going to YouTube or to Facebook, which is now Meta or TikTok, which you can make money off of TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. But instead of, quote unquote, they scraping your data, they scraping, they collecting, they make all the royalties and you're streaming all your content and you're not getting the funds that you want to be getting on the blockchain, it's transparent, which is awesome and you the person as a sovereign being have the smart contract with within every marketplace or on your own website if you build your own smart contract and um you know my friend you have to be around devs developers who you know build smart contracts also um you know a lot of my friends they're um creating spaces where um, for NFT artists. So they're doing the contracts for them, which is really cool. And then obviously the marketplaces that you can go to now and do lazy minting. Um, I have some collections on OpenSea. I was a part, a part of four NFT um, curations, exhibitions at NFT NYC. Do you guys know uh, Sabat? I do not know. I, I, I recognize the name, yeah. Oh my God, he's the homie, yeah. S-A-B-E-T, Sabat. And um, so he has Stratosphere, which is the largest NFT exhibition in the world. And there was um, over 800 NFT artists. So um, I was a part of that, which was really cool. Um, Searchlight, if you type in um, search NFTs, it's S-E-A-R-C-H NFTs, search NFTs. It's women-led and it's all about empowering women. And they have exhibitions all the time. I was at an exhibition with them for Domance, um, the very first um, VR experience exhibition in Web3. Um, like we in the metaverse, we were in like Spatical, Crypto Voxels. Um, it's probably all over the place here. But um, South by Southwest in March, I was a part of that um, NFT exhibition with Searchlight. They have an exhibition called Figure Glyphs, which show during NFT NYC. And there's over 80 international artists a part of that um, 
exhibition. So I'll give you the link you can put in the show notes. So I made it very affordable for people if they wanted to be able to collect because, you know, some of the pieces I have are, you know, kind of up there in the prices. So I wanted to make it more, especially in this bear market, I wanted to make it more accessible for communities to be able to support me and be a part of what I'm doing. Um, the thing is I'm really good at like promoting other people. <laughs> so, and I, I'm sure you can identify. So it's easy to talk about other people and shill other people. But when it comes to like talking about your own stuff, um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's trying, I do it, but it's like, hundred percent kind of like, I'm kind of like grinning, like, like uh, my, my veins in my neck are coming out right now. It's like, I'm trying to get it out without like getting <laughs> it out. Like I'm saying it, but without like, it's. It you know how it is, but anyways, I have to differentiate that part, and until I feel good about it, and one thousand percent be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I have the um, figure glyphs NFTs um, on OpenSea, um, and then I'm gonna release. Um, you know, I was one of the very first artists to release um, uh, to sell music NFTs. Grimes did hers on Nifty Gateway in um, early two. 2021 uh, I released dreamland 1111 all about divine feminine energy and um, you know empowering claiming and reclaiming one's power it's called dreamland 1111 on 1111 on my birthday last year I released 11 uh, tracks on open sea and Blake Jameson shout out I'll always give Blake Jameson a shout out he's an NFT artist curator collector he bought two of my music NFTs in December at our Basel and so um which was amazing because he's all about like support living artists. And he held space for me knowing how monumental it would mean to know that like as a female identifying artist, like some people don't even know what music NFTs are yet. But to to be like, I've sold music NFTs, it's pretty prolific. So I did that in December of 2021. And um, the other nine are on OpenSea, but um, they expire after they have like this other contract now where they expires after so long when they did that merge or whatever. So I'm actually going to re-release them on sound X, Y, Z, which I think it still shows up on, um, open I think it really does, but, um, I'm going to release more music, more music videos, uh, on sound X, Y, Z, uh, moving forward. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I think that everyone, you know, everyone keeps saying like, oh, you know, what's next for the space? It's music NFTs, it's music in the space. So I think there's definitely so much untapped potential in that area that, that it's going to be oh. so interesting to see, you know, where it goes. Yo, yeah. And it's going to be film and TV. And it's like, people aren't even talking about it yet. But there's like Jordan Bain. Um, she released Red Flags on January 26th on R Zora. O U R Z O R A. And, you know, they um, had um, the film Titans um, uh, of Web3 at NFT NYC. And I had so much fun. I went to that event. It was so much fun. There was panels. Leo from DCP, Decentralized Pictures, was there. Non Fungible Films was there. Miguel, you know, from Europe was there. Um, they're doing great stuff with like film um, and Web3 uh, NFTs. Julie Pacino, she's the first human ever to fully raise funds through crypto for her feature film that's being shot in the fall 
a full feature film. I like mess. We follow each other on Twitter since January. We met IRL at VCon, Gary V's uh, VCon. Uh, she was on a panel. I went up to her. We talked and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, like, you know, I, I said, I just had to communicate what I said earlier. Like in my head, it's a fantasy, but unless I communicate, she doesn't know. So I had to have the courage to say, Hey, like, I would love to have the opportunity to audition for your film. And she said, yes. And so now I'm going to be auditioning for her film. That's awesome. But I wouldn't have known if I didn't ask, I would be like, you know, um, pulling back my fingertips, curling them all up. Like, you know, that hesitant, scared thing about not asking, but I asked. So there are cool things happening in film three. And I'm definitely, you know, Hollywood managers and agents and acting coaches have onboarded me on Zoom and acting classes to educate people about Web3 and stuff. It's like a whole nother world. It's like a whole nother world. Like we're in it, but like people, like we're in a whole nother world. We're living in it. And people like don't, some people just don't even know what's going on. Like people do not know. But Keanu Reeves, I just saw yesterday, like they showed an interview of him X amount of months ago, like not into NFTs, not doing it. And then, and then he got it. And now he's like dropping a whole NFT collection or whatever. So it's like, people don't get it, but the psychology, once you get it, people are just like targeted, dropped in, focused, ready to go, gearing up. Let's go. Yeah. Is that, I mean, that, that seems like the story over and over again is, you know, it's like this person it said they will never be releasing NFTs and then six months later they're filing for trademarks and stuff. Shout out Kanye. But, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, I wanted to, um, you know, you talked about a couple of these events that you've been to. So South by Southwest, VCon, NFT NYC, I wanted to get your take on, you know, how important you think that in real life events are for the space, you know, obviously web three everyone's like all online you know the metaverse all that but like i think there's really something to be said for these online events that are are helping or in real life events that are helping to onboard new people to the space the thing is it's so important to go it's so important and so when i went to our basel that was my very first time going to like out in public right i i i was like i wasn't i know other people were but um, since March 2020, that was my first time going out into the world since March 2020. So I that was in December 2021. And I was like, I was like, okay, like, this is this is a risk that I'm willing to take because of what it means to me, and the excitement and the yearning to meet people IRL. So, so it was so impactful, like the hugs were impeccable. The meetups were awesome. The stickers are so much fun. Like, seriously, I have like over 200 stickers. I, I just finally like put my first one on on something recently. It's like I have. Oh, I need to get you a K-Duck sticker. Yeah, I need a K-Duck sticker. <laughs> I need a K-Duck sticker for sure. Thank you. Um, I'll rep it. And then, um, I, you know, it's so important. It's so important. And like, um, you know, the thing is, if you can't make it, you can't make it. Like NFT LA, I went to an after party in Vegas it was the very first IRL um, music and art festival, like Coachella, but for like NFTs and art. And I, I was invited to go to that. So I went to that in March and I didn't get the the one C, I just got the other C, a cold, because I went on an airplane 
um, at nighttime. At, anyways, I took a shower, a wind hit my back and, and I went on a plane. So I got myself sick by t- don't take a shower before you want a flight. Just it's not the smartest thing to do. But um, so anyway, I, so I missed out on NATLA and it was like, there was no way I was missing it. It was like I was going and I did and I was so bummed out. So I know how it feels of like wanting to go and not going. But the thing is, it's not only about the conference. It's not actually like the conference. Like conferences are cool, but it's all the satellite events. There are so many satellite events. I've never, for NFT NYC, I've never RSVP'd, well, my assistant has ever RSVP'd me to so many things in my life, like over 50 things. And so many I didn't make it to. But there are so many people that I did see. There are so many places that I did go to. There are so many places. Um not so many. There are a couple places that I went to that I wasn't expecting to go to. And then, um, but it's like, I didn't even actually go to NFT NYC, the conference. I wasn't speaking there. I didn't actually go to the convention center, the conference where it was at, like around 41st street or whatever. I didn't go. My friends and the places I went to, they were speaking at like satellite events that were going on through the communities of friends of places that you'll see on Twitter spaces when people are on Twitter and of their favorite NFT artists and projects and stuff of having events. Those are the events I went to. Yeah. The satellite, sorry, the satellite events were definitely where the magic happened. I found, I mean, I did pop into the conference center area for a little bit to say hi to some people Marriott, right Marriott yeah 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 but mainly you know all the connections were made elsewhere oh yeah like all all (laughs) the cool all the energy all the art like I went to so many paint parties I painted with my friends like we created a like an nft wall um you know Jordan has this amazing studio on like 37th um Gabe Weiss had his paint party there Eddie Gangland came um, like Blue Moon came, Jiwa, um, you know, all on um, the intent crew from Berlin, um, you know, like everyone showed up there. Uh, it would, it would, it went so well that, um, Taylor, what the fuck, Warhoddle, he had his thing like a day or two the next day, his paint party, um, on like it was Gabe's was Tuesday and then Warhoddle's was Thursday. So then, you know, we were all there again and, you know, painting and stuff, but, yeah. And then, um, you know, shout out. Um, he's from where you're from logic. He's from where you're from. He had his studio that was in Brooklyn on J street and he had panels and stuff. So like people went over to Brooklyn and then like, um, you know, there was like on chain for social good. It was like, um, you know, led, um, by a lot of women were, you know, speaking on those panels. Um, and then, you know, they, they created, um, an NFT so people could uh, support so then they could actually pay the speakers, you know, which is, which is really cool. So um, yeah, there were, there were so many dope events going on. Um, Nifty Castle, Gifted, uh, Harmony Protocol sponsored. They had like four or five days. It was like um, on, where was it? It was like 37th or 39th or whatever, 38th. And it was like this massive loft and it was just, nonstop, like all day panels, music, nighttime, after parties, like it was it, uh, Emily Lazar, like shout out. Um, yeah. Oh my God. It was like the funnest ever. Um, with Keith, he goes by Keith brother. Um, 
the very first uh, night, like the welcoming party that I went to was at Webster Hall. And uh, it was a private performance with um, Scott Page from Pink Floyd. And we became like besties. And we've been like hanging out nonstop. We hung out all throughout NFT NYC. I'll see him in a couple weeks in LA. And like, he's like really dope in the community. Um, He actually is a part of, um, you know, Soho Technique and Johnny Soho, where we have the art crawl, um, like, like owns all those galleries in Soho where I curated all those artists. So it's like, it's massive and it's a lot, but then it's like really small and connected as well. You know what I mean? So, but like to have a, I FaceTime my mom and my dad so they could like have an intimate performance of, you know, Scott Page from Pink Floyd performing like right in front of their faces. Like it's those kind of epic stories. It's like who would have ever thought, you know, but just by showing up is really important. So, you know, it, it's like we can make all the excuses of why we can't get to a city. We can make all the excuses of why we can't go. But if you listen to that, what I was saying earlier, you know, when you're like, oh, how do you have all this energy? When you listen to that intuitive hit, whatever it may be that hits you, that intuitive hit that first comes before all the other thoughts happen and you boggle yourself down and drown yourself out. If you listen to yourself, that first intuitive hit and you want to go, you just go. Everything else will fall into place. It won't be the way you planned it. You don't want it to be the way you planned it. We want to have a new experience. We want to be inspired and have it be in a way that we don't already know. And the way to do that is by showing up. 100%. I love that. You know, um, I'm trying to get to some events later this year. So I definitely think that, uh, you know, the community building and, you know, the networking and just building relationships. Like I have so many friends on, on, you know, online that I'm, I'm super excited to meet. So Yay. yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. So yeah. So, uh, you know, we just want to wrap up with some advice that you would give to, um, you know, women in the space, uh, you know, being an artist, being, being a creator, being, you know, wearing many hats, being a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so doing the women empowerment series was, 1000% from my vessel to empower myself. But no, I know I, by empowering myself, I could empower others. And having all these different women on in the space um, has gained me so much friendship and connectivity of what I was yearning for. And I feel that's what we're yearning for, that connectivity and wanting to be seen and heard and honored. And, you know, we want that and we get to do it for others. So I think by having as many female identifying beings, um, diversity, African-Americans, Asians. um, um, You know, I think it's really important um, for people who um, have voices to hold space for them and they share it with their communities. And that gives me an exciting feeling that they're sharing it with their communities, that I'm being a part of that ripple effect. And at the end of the day, when I'm by myself, I get to remember to remember that I made that impact. And and even though I don't hear about it, like Blue Moon from, you know, she, the Intent Crew, Blue Moon, she was on my podcast a few weeks ago and she was telling me like that she has menstrual Mondays and it's all about one drop NFTs. I can tell you about one drop NFTs. They're doing a season two if you want to be a part of it. And they had over 60 um, NFT artists or over 50 NFT artists. But and it's menstrual Mondays and they talk about like period poverty and, and 80% goes to period poverty. So people who can't afford just simple things like tampons. And 
um, you know, like don't have access to, you know, cleansing themselves and things of that nature. And then they get infections and they can die and not have children, you know? So it's like, it's a big thing. And then, and then like a percent goes to each NFT sold um, plants a tree for sustainability. So I think aligning to what aligns to you, like, oh, does that sound interesting? Does that, is that interesting to you? That's interesting to me. So how can I help and add value? Even if I'm here as a healthy communicator and I'm sharing this right now, I'm adding value just by sharing it. Like all, all this stuff I talked about, I'm not bragging. I'm honoring the people who I respect and honor and of the hard work of who they are and what they're doing in the space and in life. It's not bragging about this and that person. It's, it's like, oh, this is so cool. So I think find what that is for an individual and lean into that. And then also have the courage of what you need. Like I need more of this. I need more of that. And then, you know, finding accountability buddies to like maybe do a a space with once a week, if that's what you want to do to connect more and, you know, have a, have a space once a week. Um, and you know, be creative of whatever your interests are. Like, you know, I'm just finding out, you know, about your project. So however that aligns to what would be fun in that community, like, do they like to watch movies together or do they like to like, you know, um, research this or meet up in Switzerland or, you know, meet up in Chicago somewhere, you know, um, IRL, like whatever that would be for you, those intimate moments are sacred and it's going to be a part of the, the ripple effect, which plants these seeds for, you know, the future. And, and, um, so I think like, you know, for me, like having all those, you know, people on the podcast really empowered me to go into my season five, which is Hollywood and NFTs. But now I'm going to have, since I'm empowered as a woman, I'm going to hold more space for more women in Hollywood to be on the podcast and still talk about Hollywood and NFT. So they all go hand in hand together, right? So if we're aligned and attuned, then if we're not aligned and attuned, acknowledging what's not in alignment and what's not attuned. Like I'm doing the women empowerment series and I'm putting everything out there but you only have so much energy and how can it be reciprocated? Well, it can be reciprocated by putting a turn, a curve on ending season four of the women empowerment series of it being all over the place with all kinds of women to making it women who are only in Hollywood and NFTs. Then it's going to be reciprocated because I work in Hollywood. Do you know what I'm saying? But I, I had to go through those experiences, and start messy. So the most important thing is start messy. Like if you don't know what to do, do it all. Start messy and quickly you'll find what you like and what you don't like and go on the journey and then keep going with what aligns to you and then check in with self and be like, yeah, this is cool, but I need it to lean to the left a little. I need it to go to the right a little. I actually want a co-host for season five. I, I want to bring someone on that's accountable that can help me. Um, I need to actually have people, you know, because, you know, this is a long-winded story, but when I was at PodFest after VCon, I was talking to podcasters because uh, Buster did it first in December. I wanted to do it a year over a year ago, but I finally did it. Um, I released my podcast as NFTs. And um, and so I was, I'm the second person to do it. So I'm um, teaching podcasters. We're already sovereign beings. It's not too hard for podcasters to get it because podcasters do podcast swaps. I'm not into that, but um, it's a thing, but I'm learning to like like it <laughs> and get it, but it hasn't like 
I haven't really done podcast swaps, but, or people do podcast promo swaps, right? And I'm down with that because like you have an NFT podcast, so do I. So I could give shill and give you guys shout outs and you girls could do that for the same for me because it aligns to what we're doing as podcasters. So when I'm telling podcasters how to have, you know, um, their podcasts as NFTs, it makes sense for them because it's not like I can't say they're not doing it for the money because there's a strive in there, but we do it for the passion, for the education. It's cathartic. We do it to hold hands, to learn, to grow together. Our podcast community is so strong, just like the Web3 community. So, you know, I think it's really important to, um, you know, be on podcasts and share stories and, you know, listen and be communicative of who you are, what you want, what you need, especially if it scares you, you know, like be vulnerable as long as it's in a safe space. So I think a lot of people are scared to share what they want because their parents say, that's stupid. That's a dumb idea. Or their boyfriend or girlfriend's like, why would you do that? And instead of like exploring the creativity, they're saying why. And it's like, why not? You know what I mean? So like if anyone, if you're around someone, I, I do consulting for this one NFT artist. And he's like, oh, you know, this person's saying I'm too late to NFTs. NFTs are dead. Like, and I said, I said to him on a voice memo, I said, note who that person is. Write down anyone else you know like that person that feeds you that stuff. Do not listen to those people. They don't know what they're talking about. You do not need that kind of negative channeling and feedback. Being a human, being an artist, walking our path as sovereign beings, as creatives, is what it is within itself. We do not need that extra stuff going on. We only need people who are going to support us, who are going to honor us and cheer us on and say, purple? What shade? Or, or how many shades? And not why purple? Like, like anyone, make a list of anyone who's asking you why. And the only response to them for energetic purposes, for your time and your value, is you look them right in the eye and you say, why not? And watch what they do. They get frozen. They stuck. They don't know what to say or listen to their answer. Do not listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. Even if they think they know what they're talking about. Unless it's positive and supporting you and shape-shifting and nurturing you, we don't need it. We, we don't need it. Like, go do it somewhere else, you know? Um, I would also say I have over 80 podcasts. So to have check out She's All Over the Place. I have amazing artists and um, people in the Web3 space. Um, so people can tune in and listen to different episodes. I keep um, the titles very specific so you know what you're getting when you're listening but there's a lot of great gems within and if you see any on there that you want I will be happy to make an intro for you for them to be on your show as well yeah awesome and and where else can um you know listeners find you yeah so uh I'm on TikTok and Instagram Chinakis C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S I'm on Twitter it's Katie Chinakis because somebody uh took my name <laughs> someone oh, no yeah in front ran you someone someone wanted to do that but um 
Yeah, but uh, chinakis.com is my website. So everything's there. So you can just go to Chinakis. It'll lead you to all my social medias, my NFTs. Uh, sign up for my mailing list so you can get that automation of the Web3. I do NFT consulting, all that jazz. So would love to support everyone on their journey and grow together. Awesome. Yeah. I know, um, you know, it's it's been awesome having you, you know, hearing a little bit about your story and, you know, everything you're up to in the space. I know we probably we could probably talk all night about um, all the all the things you're up to, because I just feel like it, it's it. You're just really have a hand in all of it. So it, it's awesome to hear. We're definitely gonna have to have you back on and, you know, um, hear hear more about what you've been up to. I know um, I'm sure we'll have you back on and, and hear about you know, the next thing you're into. So I, I can't wait for that. Would love to. And any way I can support you, let me know. Let's just, you know, stay, uh, you know, in conversation. Yeah, and of course. Let's do some Twitter spaces together and keep the balls rolling. Yeah, community building. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, 1000%. It's all about community building. That's exactly, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again so much, Katie. And, um, you know, keep up all the work you're doing and, and we'll, you know, we'll definitely be here supporting you along the way. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. That's all for this episode. You can find us on Twitter at NF Queens podcast and stay tuned for next week. Bye. Bye.